You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about how we gift, but first let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I just want to say what a lovely Halloween we had. This has not always been my favorite holiday. It's fine. It's just not at the top of my list. But the kids are so excited about Halloween now. (laughs) And loved planning things for Halloween, loved talking about strategizing how to get the most candy. (laughs) It rained all morning, but then cleared up for a really lovely evening. It was great to see our neighbors. They're old enough to just be going up to houses on their own. They're being polite to people, making conversation. HP wanted to stay out until the bitter end. Trick-or-treating hours are 5.30 to 8.30. Mm. So we were out until 8.30, and we were the only people on the road for about the last 45 minutes. But (laughs) people still had their porch lights on and were handing out candy. Love it. What is new with you? I am giving a winter garden update. Listeners may know that I planted kale and parsley to overwinter because we have such mild Alabama winters. Mm -hmm. And I put some compost out, did some soil conditioner, planted the plants, and what has come up is more zinnias. <laughs> oh, okay. because it hasn't been that cold. Yeah. And for a while, I was keeping the chickens out of the garden to let the baby plants grow, but now they're just mm-hmm. in there. They're taking dust baths. They're destroying everything. So who knows what will happen with the winter garden? <laughs> Maybe the kale will come up eventually. Maybe the chickens ate all the seeds. Who knows? (laughs) Time will tell. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest book, Sarah? I listened to Achtung Baby, An American Mom on the German Art of Raising Self-Reliant Children by Sarah Zasky. This is a nonfiction book about a woman who moves from California to Germany with her partner and toddler and shares her experience about the cultural differences in parenting between the United States and Germany. I loved the section on elementary kids, because that is the stage of parenting that I am in. As I have mentioned before, I love when a nonfiction book validates my point of view, and this one absolutely did with its emphasis on kids needing freedom and independence, and that we should offer that to them when we can. Some of the examples were walking to and from school on their own, going to the park on their own, and just generally having experiences without direct adult supervision. In terms of what I didn't like, I found that the first bit that dealt with pregnancy and the infant-toddler preschool years was a bit slow for me since I'm no longer in it, but once I got to the elementary years, I flew through the second half. I would recommend this book if it sounds interesting and if you like travel and parenting books. I really like that combo, so I enjoyed it, but just know what you're getting into going in. What have you been reading? I recently read the two books in the Love Unscripted series by Olivia Dade. So these are both novellas. The first is Desire in the Deep Blue Sea, and the second is Tiny House, Big Love. Both are set on reality TV shows. Mm, My favorite. And both have something to lovers vibes. So the first one is they were friends, then enemies, then lovers. Mm -hmm. The second one is friends to lovers. They're short reads. And in classic Olivia Dade style, both these books feature female main characters and bigger bodies. What I really liked about it is that there isn't body hatred from either of them. 
or really from other characters in the book. Mm -hmm. It's just here they are in these wonderful bigger bodies. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend them. I think I like Tiny House Big Love better, but Mm. both are worth a read. And they're so short that even if you don't like them, it's not like you've spent that much time on it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to our topic for today, gift giving. We first released an episode about this in 2017 that was really focused on the holidays. But with our kids being older, us coming more into ourselves, and the winter holidays coming up, we thought it was time for an update. First, Sarah, do you have a gift-giving personality, and what is it? Gift-giving is not a strength of mine, as will become clear throughout this episode. So my gift-giving personality is being bad at (laughs) (laughs) gift-giving. My favorite kind of gifts to give are consumables, experiences, and secondhand wins. I'm more of a spontaneous gift giver. Like when I enjoy giving gifts, it's because I've seen something that reminds me of someone I care about and I will buy it and send it probably randomly and unrelated to a special event like a birthday or a holiday. Mm -hmm. Do you like giving gifts, Sarah? I honestly wish the whole gift giving economy was not a part of so many of our social traditions. Mm. And then people could give gifts like you're describing when they see something when they feel so moved, and it's not an obligation to come up with something in a very specific time frame. Mm -hmm. I think that so much stuff gets purchased and given that is not needed or wanted because we're supposed to buy gifts for these events. And it really feels wasteful to me. And like one more obligation for people, often women, to add to their list of things to do. So long story short, it's not my favorite. (laughs) How about you? Do you like giving gifts? I really like it, as I said, when it's spontaneous and I found the perfect thing. The best example of this lately is that I have a dear friend in Carborough who loves cats but is allergic to cats. But Mm. before she knew she was allergic to cats, she adopted a cat, but now he lives at her mom's house. Mm -hmm. So I got her a pet pillow made from one of her kitty's photos. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she loves it so much, and I love her loving it so much that it feels like the perfect gift-giving experience. And I sent it not at all related to her birthday or anything. Yeah. I had this great idea, and so I did it. And that's my favorite. Like you, I am not about giving gifts because it's expected or obligated, because then it really just feels like work. So on the flip side, do you like receiving gifts, Sarah? When I think about it, I don't feel like anything would be missing from my life if I never received another gift. Hmm. There has yet to be a situation in my life where I think, I really wish somebody had gotten me a gift when they hadn't. That has never happened with friends. That's never happened with family. That's never happened with acquaintances. It just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. It's not about liking or not liking receiving gifts. It's just not a really important piece of the relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. Some gifts that I have really appreciated in my life were the care packages I received after my surgeries. And I think part of that is that it was so unexpected to be receiving them that it wasn't, uh, this is the holidays and therefore I'm sending you something. It was, I see you going through something hard and I want to send something to brighten your day. And that felt really meaningful. Mm -hmm. How about you? Do you like receiving gifts? Yes, maybe, but not things that I don't want because that just makes me feel annoyed and like then I have to do a thing with it. Mm -hmm. I really would prefer that people not get me something just to get it. I'd rather have nothing. Mm -hmm. And mostly I get myself the things that I want. 
So I think I'm hard to shop for. Yeah. Because I either am content with what I have or if I want or need something, then I just take care of it. And this might be an Enneagram 8 thing because I found this awesome meme, which I'll share in our show notes, that says that Enneagram 8s went gift cards, exactly what's on my list, experiences that I plan, (laughs) (laughs) sustainable clothing, small business purchases, home decor that matches my aesthetic, cold hard cash, (laughs) and can confirm I would be pleased to receive most of those gifts. Thinking about receiving gifts, I think the key point for me is that receiving nothing is not a negative to me. Mm -hmm. That that is seen as an equally good option as gifting something. It's not less than. I agree with you because for me, receiving nothing is like an acknowledgement of, I see that you're happy with what you have. Yes. I see that you don't need more and more stuff. I'm here with you, but I didn't feel the need to do this societally obligated thing so that we could enjoy our time together. Yeah. It's like I really feel seen when people don't buy me a gift. Bingo. Okay, what about the gift-related preferences of your immediate family, your spouse and kids? Neil doesn't care much about gifts one way or the other, but he is an excellent gift giver. As bad as I am at giving gifts, Neil is in equal measure good at it. He always finds the perfect used or handmade item that really adds to our or our kids' lives. Sometimes I feel bad that I'm not as good at this as he is, but then I embrace who I am and remember that I bring different strengths to the family. Giving gifts is just not it, but it is Neil's thing. The kids love gifts, as kids do, and they are also great about making gifts for the family for holidays, that we have encouraged them from a pretty young age to be thinking about the people we'll be seeing and some extended family, and that they'll craft something or find something in nature or otherwise put together some kind of present for folks in our lives. Like your kids, my kids are obsessed with presents. This feels consistent with their ages. And I think we're still working on the graciousness part of giving and receiving, which I'll talk Mm -hmm. a little more about later. And I think Andrew appreciates presents, but Mm -hmm. he does not get his feelings hurt when he doesn't get something. I asked Mm -hmm. him this this morning. I said, do you like getting presents? He's like, sure. I like presents. (laughs) It's clearly not something that he needs in relationship. Yeah. And so I think he and I are similar in that way. I also feel well-matched with Neil in terms of our gift-giving needs. Yes. So related to that, do you do gifts for anniversaries? No, we never have and probably never will. We also did not have a wedding registry and told people to please not buy us gifts for our wedding, that all we wanted was to be with friends and family. And we got that. And I really appreciated that. Part of That philosophy is that we like to source things used when possible, and we felt really uncomfortable asking people to buy us things that we would not buy for ourselves. So not liking gift giving has really been part of our relationship from the beginning. We don't do gifts for anniversaries either. Occasionally, one of my parents will send a card and sometimes a cash gift, which is always appreciated. I never mind Mm -hmm. receiving cash. That's a gift where I'm like, yep, 
I will gladly take your cash if you <laughs> offer it to me and spend it on what I want to spend it on. But we don't do anniversary gifts for each other. How about birthdays, Sarah? We get presents for the kids for their birthdays, but we try and be really thoughtful about what feels like enough mm-hmm. and that will bring joy without being overwhelming. I also try and think a lot about whether I want this item to be a part of our life, not just if my kid does, because I think there are the things that I want to add, the things they want to add, and then there's an area of overlap. And there are enough things in the overlap that I don't feel like we need to venture into the other side of (laughs) those circles. For example, E had a long list this year for her birthday. She loved crafting her birthday list. And Neil and I went through it together and picked out things that we felt like would be a good fit for the family, like a four square ball that she requested. And that's something that we can use together as a family that feels like a fun thing and doesn't feel like something I'm going to want to donate or get rid of within just a few weeks or months. So for our kids' birthdays, we do a few presents. You know, something on the smaller side, like a Lego or Duplo set, maybe some art supplies. My parents tend to go in together on a bigger gift, like they sponsored our pool membership for the summer last year Mm, for the kids' mm -hmm. birthdays, which was totally awesome. And that's something the whole family benefited from and not something we ever had to pick up. Yeah. And then Andrew's mom loves to give gifts so much that... Birthdays are a thing. She sends a box of stuff for every holiday, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, 4th of July, Halloween, Christmas. Everything is a gift-giving extravaganza. It is just how she shows her love. Mm -hmm. And I have had to adjust to it over time. I wouldn't say I'm always gracious about it, but I am working on that. For adult birthdays, we don't really do gifts Sometimes the kids will make something small, and sometimes Neil works his gift-giving magic, but mostly it's just eating good food and spending time together. That's the same in our family for adult birthdays. The focus is more on singing to each other, happy birthday. It happens multiple times throughout the day. When we have adult birthdays for other adults in our family, we'll record a video of our family singing and send it to them. We do that for family friends, children, rather than sending birthday gifts. Mm -hmm. I feel like the birthday is more about honoring the person in other ways than giving them stuff. How do y'all handle kids' birthday parties? Like not in your family, but birthday parties that your children are invited to for their friends. Similar to how I feel about most gift-giving events, I wish there was not an expectation of gift-giving. I am so Mm -hmm. happy to celebrate all of my kids' friends, but the idea that we need to buy a random gift for whole class birthday situations feels not fun and joyful and like an obligation. And this goes both ways. We are explicit in our invitations when our kids have birthdays that people should not bring a gift and that what we really want is to share good food and fun with friends. And we tell our kids that too, because they go to a lot of kids' birthdays where the kids get lots of presents from friends. And it's like, that's just not something we're going to do. We as a family buy you presents and then we don't expect that from our friends. One thing that to me reveals just how deep this gift giving as part of our culture is, is that we have been to so many parties where they do say, please no gifts. And there's still a lot of gifts. Mm -hmm. 
almost as though people don't trust that that's what people mean. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not the case and isn't fair. I think it's hard for me to relate to gift giving, bringing a lot of joy because it doesn't bring joy for me. So I don't want to take away from people who find that to be a really meaningful part of their experience and relationships. But if you ever see an invitation from me that says no gifts, I really mean it. (laughs) (laughs) When it has felt like we need to bring a gift, we try and have the kids either purchase something with their own money or make something that they think their friend would like. Lately, they've been making origami ninja stars to give to friends. And sometimes HP will carve something to gift or find something in nature. So we try and always respect what the person hosting is wanting that experience to be for their kid and to honor that while still trying to resist the pull of buying something that is going to have a really short life before it ends up in a trash can. Mm -hmm. For kids' birthdays, I also prefer no gifts, both on the receiving and the giving end. We do bring a gift if the invite doesn't say no gifts. And our favorite thing to bring is something small like a game. Spotted is Mm -hmm. a favorite. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just little cards that come in Mm -hmm. a tin that's very easy to store and to keep track of and for kids to play. There's like a solitaire way you can play. So even if no one's going to play it with them, they can still use it. We also love the notebook and fancy pens gift, something Mm. consumable that's going to get used. Mm -hmm. Really, both of those things are based on things that my kids like to do. So we're like, here, you like this? Because we sure do. (laughs) My kids are at the age where they both really struggle with giving other people things that they want. And it feels like good practice to graciously give a gift Yeah, when that's the context of the party that's happening. But really one reason why I don't want my kids receiving gifts, and if people do bring gifts, we open them privately after. Mm-hmm. We don't open them at the party is because it really is hard for a three-year-old to see somebody else opening tons of awesome stuff. Yeah. So there's the opportunity to practice graciousness, and then there's just unfair situations to put your child in. And so I try and tend toward the opportunity to practice graciousness Yeah. instead of the asking for a meltdown. I really like that perspective on what our kids can be learning from the experience. What about gift giving for the holidays, Sarah? Neil and I do not exchange gifts for the holidays. We did really early on in our relationship. But we haven't for years and years. We do get gifts for our kids. And the kids have noticed this disparity that they're getting gifts where the adults really aren't exchanging very many gifts. And they always ask, like, why is your stocking empty? And I just tell them it's because we don't want or need any gifts. And we're just happy to be there celebrating. Speaking of stockings, items that we love to give to our kids then are treats that my mom sends every year, like toffee, Christmas cookies, fudge, always a candy cane, and painter's tape is a staple in our house because they use that for so many projects, Mm -hmm. and it's their annual chance to get a refill on the painter's tape. Love it. We also send something to our nieces and nephews, but not to any of our siblings, And for our parents, the kids make their own gifts, as I've mentioned, and I give out the kids' school pictures, the new versions. One year, we gave them frames, Mm -hmm. and then now, every year since then, we just give them the updated photo to put in the frame. Perfect. Neil's parents usually give a thoughtful homemade or consumable item. My mother-in-law is very talented 
at making baskets. And so we've received some really lovely baskets over the years that are so useful and beautiful. And then my parents usually give us a gift card somewhere. My absolute dream for the holidays is a no-gift holiday where we travel somewhere for a week and just eat delicious food, read books, and play games together, and no one has to spend any time thinking about buying or wrapping gifts. This is my dream. I plan to make it happen at some point when the kids are just a little bit older. And speaking of wrapping, we do not buy wrapping paper. The kids use toilet paper roll paper. The toilet paper we get is wrapped Mm -hmm. in a piece of paper to keep it clean before you use it. And so they save that because it has interesting patterns on it and use it to wrap their gifts. And then Neil and I just use pillowcases where we put things in the pillowcase and tie it up. And then we can just fold it and put it back in the closet once the gifts are open. Perfect. What's your holiday gift giving situation? I buy things for myself that I want. And have Andrew wrap them. (laughs) I've talked a lot this year about the art that I have been collecting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I haven't put any of it up yet. So I'll be having him wrap the art up so Mm. I can unwrap it on Christmas morning. Because I actually do really like the unwrapping. I like the sitting around together, seeing what you got. Do you like it? Oh, you do? That's so nice. Uh I like that part. I like showing off the gift. Like, oh, show me what you got. Oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Let's take a picture mm-hmm. and send it to the person who sent it. I like that part of it. Yeah. I don't know why I like that, but I do. And then I usually buy for him things that he said he needed, like he needs a new coffee cup. So he'll be getting that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we do buy for the kids, but it's small items again. Both of our parents and families are so generous that there's no reason for us to go overboard with a big gift. So this year, Plum is getting a purse, which is something she's wanted for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then Pepper is getting a Play-Doh steamroller that he fell in love with at Target this summer and has been talking about uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> since then. And then for stockings, we do food. So lots of candy, but also... If it's looking a little thin, I'll throw in like some applesauce pouches from the drawer, you know, to fill things out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Toothpaste, socks, things that they need and will use through the year. And then my parents do gifts sometimes from an Amazon or Target list or sometimes they'll do a bigger gift for the family, like a membership or experience or cash. And then because Andrew's mom loves gift giving, she usually asks for a list for the kids as well. With my sister, I like to get her something that she will love, but this tends to be me thinking of it in August and Mm -hmm. getting it and maybe remembering to send it at Christmas or maybe sending it some other time of the year. Sometimes she shops from a list for our kids also. And then we do buy for our nieces usually from a list. But then I also try to incorporate something from the kids that they've made. So like one year we made and decorated picture frames and put pictures of the cousins in them. So it's kind of a combo make and buy situation. Yeah. To wrap up our conversation, Sarah, what are alternatives to gift giving that you try to incorporate into your life? The time and energy and space that is opened when I remove gift giving from my life. That is the (laughs) alternative that I most love. Beautiful. I really hope that I don't sound ungrateful or ungracious, but so much of the gift-giving culture just does not resonate with me and feels like a way for corporations to make money, people to go into debt, all while creating trash and waste in the process. And does it bring us lasting joy? There are some ways to get around this, which I think was actually the question you were asking. (laughs) 
<laughs> like shopping used and making homemade and giving experiences and consumables. But I also think we should be asking whether gift giving is a net positive in our lives and questioning the assumption that it has to be there. I think that answer is different for everyone, but it feels like in our society, we could cut back on gift giving and save ourselves a lot of stress, a lot of time, and open up that space by reducing the number of gifts we give for various occasions. I agree. I think it's definitely worth thinking about. And along those lines, a gift giving alternative that I love is to give a financial gift to a nonprofit in someone's name. Mm -hmm. So that feels like a net benefit. It's a tax benefit for me. They feel thought of, especially when you choose something that's close to their heart. Yeah. And I love receiving that kind of gift, Mm -hmm. especially if it's something where, okay, somebody clearly thought about things I'm into and specifically gave this gift to this organization with me in mind, that feels really good to me. Yeah, it feels like you're in it together. Mm-hmm. Like, I see this is important to you, and I also want to work to see this change in the world. That's really nice. And then another one that I love for kids' birthdays is to ask the parents throwing the party if they need anything to help. Mm. Can I bring ice? Can I bring fizzy water? Mm -hmm. Can I bring bubbles to this party that you're planning at the park? Would you like to have bubbles as an activity? Can I bring an art project for all the kids to do so that we're not giving a gift to the birthday person, but we're helping them celebrate in a bigger way? And so I really love to do that as well. And I think, you know, as a parent thinking about planning a party, which we have not really done much of at all. same. That it's really nice to feel the support of your community in that way. Yeah. So this is one that I would like to receive as well. What a lovely way to turn gift giving into something for the whole family that's celebrating too. Mm -hmm. Not just one individual. Exactly. Well, that's the end of our conversation around gifting. Listeners, we would love to hear how gifting looks in your lives, especially if you have good ideas about alternatives to obligatory gift giving. Now let's talk about what we're eating. I want to share about Andrew cooking for me. I have done so much of the cooking in our family for years Mm -hmm. and years just by virtue of my schedule of being home, of working from home, of doing the large proportion of the parenting during the week when Andrew is at work. And that worked for us for a long time. But when I'm working 12-hour shifts at the hospital and I come home and he has made dinner, I am just loving it. So I came home from my shift on Sunday. He had made his delicious burgers. And so I had a yummy burger after I kissed the kids goodnight came home last night and there was butter chicken that he had made. Granted, I gave him full instructions on how I do the butter chicken, but he executed Mm -hmm. perfectly. And sometimes food just tastes better when somebody else makes it. Absolutely, it does. What have you been eating, Sarah? I have gotten on the homemade bread trend Mm. where you use the Dutch oven. I followed the recipe from Give Me Some Oven, which I think is the exact same recipe as the New York Times one that got really popular. Oh, nice. But that one is behind a paywall when I'm trying to get to it. (laughs) Yes. And this one is not. And it's nice because it gives some options for if you make the dough the night before. Mm. And then also, if you have not planned that far ahead and you only have a couple hours, another set of instructions. So I have used that faster version more than the slower (laughs) version. But I've made this probably three or four times. A neighbor lent me her cast iron Dutch oven. 
and it is such a nice addition to the table because everyone loves fresh bread from the oven with Mm -hmm. the crispy outside smothered in butter. So good. I'll be making a lot more of it this winter. I like that. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes in your podcast player. You can also leave us a comment on Instagram at Friendlier Podcast or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Oh. <laughs> okay, just uh I know. I cut the part about the Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. Maybe I should just say that whole thing over again. Yeah, just so do it's what I easier did. to edit. Just do, do a little repeats. <laughs>